Hey, friends, I'm Ashley. Hey, you guys. I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. Hey friends, on the pod today we have Mi Esposo, Casey. He's here to regale us with a story on the London Bridge. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Still waning. (laughs) We did not talk about how this was going to go. Okay. We usually don't. That's the spontaneity part of this. Yes, I'm Casey and I'm here to regale you with the story about the London Bridge. And welcome to our shit show. There are few among us who didn't grow up with the nursery rhyme, London Bridge is Falling Down. But that was pretty much where my knowledge on the topic stopped. What I was able to find out through research is that the London Bridge has a fascinating, far-reaching history that dates back about 2,000 years. So buckle up, and let's get into the weeds. I'm buckled. Buckled up, buttercup. All right, so jumping into a little bit of the history... When I think of the London Bridge, the image that always comes to mind is that of a massive bridge that crosses over the River Thames in modern-day London. However, the London Bridge as we know it had much more humble beginnings that even predates London itself. In fact, the first London Bridge was built by the Romans. So it was the Roman Bridge? Roman Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So the Romans built the bridge initially, and their goal was to aid in the conquest of their new Roman province of Britannia. So actually around 43 AD, it is believed that a bridge of timber had been constructed to help the flow of traffic to and from the area. So yes, Lainey, uh, Britannia was founded by the Romans. Fascinating. Fascinating. Shut the front door. (laughs) Get out of my head. Oh, I'm in there, baby. On the northern side of the bridge, the land was higher and drier, and this was perfect for a small opportunistic town to take root. At this time, the town was called Londinium, and it would eventually become the capital city of Roman Britannia. That sounds almost more... I'm from Londinium. I'm a Londinium. (laughs) I know. I had to double-check my spelling of it. It looked weird. Sounds like something stupid I would make up. Like I call you Cassius as like your sort of pretentious nickname. I thought it sounded Cassius from Londinium. Now I've just added to that title. I thought it was a metal. Londinium. Yeah. Sounds like it. (laughs) That does sound like a metal. So fast forward about 400 years and by now the time of Roman rule in Britannia had come to an end. So we're in like the 450s AD. For the next 700 years or so, the bridge was destroyed and rebuilt many times. Finally, Henry II created a monastic guild, the Brethren of the Bridge, to oversee all work on London Bridge. You say brethren, it's not brethren. 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 You're saying brethren. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of brothers. Brothers from another mother. The Brethren of the Bridge. When you say the the bridge was destroyed and rebuilt over and over again, is it destroyed by war or destroyed by some bored guy that's like, That's a great knock question. It down. I, mean, I have a feeling we'll get into it. So. Oh. <laughs> so, in 1163, Peter of Colchurch, chaplain and warden of the bridge and its brethren, supervises the bridge last rebuilding in timber. 
So up until this point, the bridge had always been made out of wood, which naturally doesn't stand up to the elements as well as stone or granite. So Venice seems to be doing okay. It's not made of wood. A lot under it are from the trees. And it, they, I mean, they do like petrify in the water, but actually what's a lot of under Venice is trees. Wood. That's awesome. Wood. <laughs> okay. But if it's not being petrified by underwater, then it's exposed to the elements. I'm just saying wood does have a chance. Actually, I don't, I don't even know why I got into that. I don't understand the decomps of wood, so I'll just <laughs> well, let you continue. That was, that was a nice sidebar. <laughs> yes, Thank you. you just gave up on that fight. <laughs> so, Faster than the London Bridge. I typically bridge. do. I'm going to pick a fight, and I'm not sure where I'm even going with it. So really, where we'll pick up is what is dubbed the Old London Bridge. Now, this bridge was in service from 1209 to 1831. Bridge construction began in 1176 of a new stone bridge to replace the worn-out timber bridge of old. It measured 926 feet long, 24 feet wide. It had 19 piers, 19 arches, as well as a wooden drawbridge. This part I found really fascinating, Laney. (laughs) There were actually structures that were on the bridge itself. Accounts detail that many of the homes on the bridge were initially one to two stories, but over time they were expanded upward. Wait, there were homes on the bridge? Exactly, which I found really, really kind of crazy. Are you just talking to Lainey right now? Yeah, you're not here. (laughs) It's just me and my... She's she's really fascinated. It's me and my brother-in right now. (laughs) (laughs) My (laughs) brother-in. So... But quickly, the bridge filled up with these small, like 11-foot-wide homes, many of which were just one to two stories, but they quickly ran out of room, so they started building them upward, and in many cases, they grew to be four to five stories tall. As a result, a lot of these buildings were hanging over the roadways, and it created this really dark, creepy passage. That sounds so scary to live on. I really wish I could get some pictures of that. Yeah, and so what ended up happening, though, is that the bottom floor of a lot of these homes were converted into shopping centers, and then the upper levels became like the living quarters, kind of like the the place we stayed in Galveston, where the Mm -hmm. bottom floor was a shop, and then... Yeah, uh, those are popping up all over Houston now. Yeah. Yeah, those are really common, especially to old buildings. I think early 1900s and before, a lot of people just lived above their shops or rented it out. How convenient that would be. I know. So now, because of all the shops that had popped up relatively quickly, it became one of the busiest shopping streets in all of London. So by the time we get into the 1700s, there have been several fires that have broken out on the bridge. These fires would do extensive damage to the buildings, and in many cases, it took years for structures to be built in their stead. Finally, in 1756, the London Bridge Act gave the city power to buy up all of the properties on the bridge and have them demolished. The goal was to repair and improve the bridge, which was badly needed by this point. All right, so now we enter the era of the new London Bridge, which was in commission from 1831 to 1967. In 1799, there was a competition for someone to come up with a new design for the storied bridge. Clearly, they took their time because construction on the new bridge did not begin until 1824. Whoa, yeah, that's a big time gap. Yeah, it took 25 years. So that's people dropped out of that competition, I'm sure. Talk, talk about procrastination. Am I ever gonna win this award for my bridge? You sounded toothless. I probably am well, in the 1700s. He did call this the days of old. That's right, the days of old. It's like, are these the days of yore? So finally, by 1831, I construction was complete. 
And the bridge measured 928 feet long and 49 feet wide. However, it quickly became necessary to expand the bridge due to the amount of traffic passing across it. By 1896, there were an estimated 8,000 people and 900 vehicles crossing the bridge every hour. Whoa, wowza. That's a lot. <laughs> oh, wowza. <laughs> Zoink, scoops. <laughs> it was because of this that it was decided to widen the bridge by 13 feet. Unfortunately, granite is super heavy to begin with, and putting more granite on top of it just made it all the heavier. By 1924, the east side of the bridge had sunk about four inches, and city officials knew that this was not going to be sustainable. Everyone on the city council knew that the bridge would need to be replaced due to the increased traffic as well as its continual sinking. However, one guy had a radical idea on how to solve this problem. Council member Ivan Luckin proposed that they try to sell the bridge, and you can imagine how well that was received. <laughs> they thought he was in he thought he was in crazy yeah. They thought he was crazy. <laughs> but in nineteen sixty eight it was decided to put the bridge on the market. And sure enough, by April they had found a buyer. But we'll talk more about this a little bit later. Who sells a bridge? A freaking madman. But I'm sorry. Did you say who sold it? Like, whose job is it to sell a bridge? He was on the city council, and they were going to demolish the bridge anyway. And he said, hold up. Let me see if I can sell this to some wacky American. Yeah, of course some eccentric American bought it. That's so typical. So you'll hear more about it. It's a pretty cool story. There's so many roundabout ways they're going about this, though. It's, It's really frustrating. Like, the population's getting bigger. They immediately had to extend the... Or widen the bridge again for the cars and people it just seems dumb like not well thought out they just kind of carry out their ideas immediately without thinking it through it sounds like i just also wonder how you advertise like bridge for sale oh i'll tell you oh okay sorry i get into it don't worry (laughs) sorry so the current or what is known as the modern london bridge began construction in 1967 and was completed in 1972 it was officially opened by queen elizabeth ii in 1973 and remains in use to this day so all that to say holy crap london bridge has so much more history than i ever even imagined clearly the london bridge has a very long history that spans a millennia so i thought what i would do is focus on some of the interesting events and anecdotes that have occurred on and around it excellent idea casey thank you ashley (laughs) so one of the one of the cool things or i say cool it's kind of gross but um (laughs) (laughs) one thing that came up very commonly while I was reading was how many heads have been displayed on pikes. I've wondered that often about bridges. Like a, how many how many heads have been on pikes on this bridge? You might be surprised. So for <laughs> those gonna, of you wait, who don't can know, can we have a guessing game? Is this over a period of time? Um, well, you can. I'll ask you how many time or how many do you think were displayed at once? One time, I'm going to say... Maybe. You'll find out later. 140. Wow. I say 80. You say 140. (laughs) You'll find out. So, but for those who don't know, pike is essentially a spear. So it's a really long pole weapon with a sharp tip. And so there was a very dark and gruesome period in the history of the London Bridge, which spanned from 1305 to 1678. This time period was so gory because the fact that it was common practice to have the heads of traitors displayed on pikes. As if that wasn't gross enough in its own right, the heads themselves were actually dipped in tar before being skewered. Ew. This was done in an effort to preserve the heads so that they would last a good long while. 
Oh, do you remember when they poured the melted gold on that guy's head in Game of yes, Thrones? Yes, I knew that's exactly what you were going to say. Oh my gosh, that was traumatic. <laughs> Just seared in my brain It was forever. called the, the Golden Crown or something. Oh, oh man, that was... Uh, so and they, his brother-in-law did that too. Well, he was a little dick. He no, 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 I know, it. I know. No, I'm not saying he did. That was just unexpected. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just did not see that. That's coming. how Game of Thrones sucks you in. That, like, that oh, show shit. is so shocking. Like the Shonk- shock of shocking. I heard shonking. Shonking. No, it's it's so shocking. Like the shock value on that show of like, oh, I couldn't have guessed that. A million guesses, and that would not have been one. Correct. So these these heads were tarred after the fact, not. Yeah, on. they were they were beheaded. They were dipped in tar and then stuck on spikes. Or pikes. What a job to have back then. Probably had good benefits. So, (laughs) naturally, the intent of the head lollipops was to ensure that no one would dare think of defying the crown. Did you just make that up? I did. I wrote that specifically. (laughs) I didn't quote that. That was me. I feel so insensitive, but you're making this so hard to be serious. Lollipops on London Bridge, everybody. (laughs) Oh, gosh. If you did, your noggin would most certainly become an ornamental warning to others. The heads were most commonly displayed at the gates at either end of the bridge so that all who passed through would see the reminder. Once there, the heads would remain until they rotted to the point of falling off the pikes into the River Thames. So, Mm. over the years, a lot of notable heads were displayed there and included one William Wallace, who became a household name after the movie Braveheart came out. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh. Now, wait, hold on. Freedom! <laughs> um, real quick, if these heads were covered in tar, you couldn't really tell who they were, though, right? Correct. Yes, you weren't. I feel you like weren't. that's a way to get get away with murdering people you shouldn't be killing. I feel like they would just look like Urukai. Maybe. Like that's how yeah. I imagine, just like Urukai heads, because you can't even tell who they are um, anymore. Imagine like chocolate cake pops. That's probably why you said lollipops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah maybe. Cake pops. So, <laughs> Extra layers. You're thinking of uh, chocolate cake For pops. those who don't know, Wallace was a Scottish rebel who led a campaign against Edward I, but clearly he was unsuccessful. Wallace's head was actually the first to be displayed on the London Bridge in 1305. What an honor. Now, funny thing about Braveheart is how historically inaccurate that movie is, actually. Way to ruin Ooh. it. Did you know that? So Mel Brooks wasn't there? That's Mel Gibson. Mel, Mel Brooks <laughs> Mel Gibson. That would, be, that would be a much funnier movie. Mel Brooks is Braveheart. Clickety-clackety, <laughs> clickety Um No, but one of my favorite things about how inaccurate Braveheart was is that... That got me in a fit of giggles. I'm so sorry. The, the, time, the time period, the Scotsman didn't even have kilts. So it wasn't common practice for them to be in kilts for like until another two hundred years. So were their dicks just hanging out? Well, oh they my had god, they were so wearing stuff. Show. <laughs> this was the days before they invented clothes. No, that's <laughs> freedom. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus, not that free. <laughs> so other notable heads later came Jack Cade. <laughs> you guys are very insensitive. <laughs> You guys are so insensitive. You know how you wrote this. Later came Jack Cade in 1450. He led a rebel army who tried to overthrow the British government. However, he was ultimately unsuccessful because he no longer had the support of the citizens of the city. That tends to happen when you rape a ton of women. Other prominent names included Thomas More, who refused to accept Henry III, 
as head of the Church of England. I put head in parentheses. I don't know if you can see that. I, 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 as, I now, as a head <laughs> of the Church of England. Then there was Guy Fox, who helped orchestrate the gunpowder plot. According to pastinthepresent.net, in 1592, 34 displayed heads were counted by a German visitor on London Bridge. Okay, I was definitely closer than you. Sounds charming. I said eight. You said like 140. Well, <laughs> so. that is the largest. Yeah, that was the most that was ever recorded at one time. What so. kind of statement is that? That's weak. It was actually a tourist. <laughs> They're heads, Laney. <laughs> it was a tourist attraction as well. Not warning signs. That's so weird. So ultimately, though, the practice stopped in 1678 when the heads of traders started getting displayed at the Temple Bar instead. Now, on the southern end of the London Bridge, there is a single large spike that acts as a memorial for all the people who were displayed on the bridge during that gory 400-year period. All right, so now we're going to get into the many fires and collapses. Uh, I didn't cover them all because there were so many, so I tried to grab some of the more interesting ones that there was a lot of documentation on. So uh, it seems like since the London Bridge was a thing, it has always dealt with fires and collapses. Granted, it has a 2,000-year history, but as I was researching, it seemed like every paragraph had mention of a collapse or a fire. So let's dive into some of the more notable catastrophes that have occurred on the bridge. Prior to 1176, the London Bridge was made of timber, which obviously wasn't as strong as stone. This meant that the wooden bridges would succumb to the elements and were much more prone to burning down. Where we will pick up is in 1176, when construction on what is now known as the Old London Bridge. Peter of Cold church was tasked with construction and he oversaw the project all the way up until his death in 1205. However, citizens then took up the mantle and by 1209 they had completed construction on the bridge. Could you imagine? That's like us finishing 290 if the guy in charge died. Oh, oh gosh. No. That's, I guess everyone does get frustrated enough. They're like, I'll just help. See you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Don't I'll, ask I'll bring me to go out there and help with 290. <laughs> You're not a good citizen. You're not dedicated to the cause. <laughs> Your head's going on a spike. <laughs> like, barely want to go fix my own driveway if something happened to it. <laughs> so, as I mentioned earlier, almost immediately shops and homes began to line both sides of the bridge with structures actually hanging over the roadways, creating this very dark passageway. Unfortunately, only three years after completion of the bridge, a massive fire broke out. As a result... All of the buildings were destroyed, and as many as 3,000 people reportedly perished. Oh. However, oh, go ahead, Lainey. What was that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I don't do sound effects, because Lainey makes them on her own, so <laughs> it's really unnecessary. <laughs> However, the bridge had become such an economic hotspot that the structures were quickly rebuilt. So this all happened at around 1212 A.D. We fast forward to 1282, and five arches of the bridge collapsed under the weight of ice and snow. However, much like after the fire, the bridge was quickly repaired to ensure business would resume. That's fire. That's fire. There you go. (laughs) That's exactly what it sounded like. That's a, rec- that's a recording from 1282. Help me. <laughs> then, in 1666... I don't like known- those numbers a little bit at all. I know. That's that's like my story. That's when the, the Loftus family moved in. 1666? Yeah. And here we are, this... Yeah. Same time, different part of the world. No, same part of the world. Well, it's London, at least. Yes, yeah, so, but you're same, just like same a skiffier. 
skip away. Yes. Yeah, you're in the same region. What the hell are you talking about? Because she did Ireland as her oh. last one, and in 1666. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Same time. Same year. So, then in 1666, what is known as the Great Fire struck London. Devil. devil I just devil. realized, Lainey, sorry, that yours was 1666 about the devil coming uh-huh. to Loftus Hall. Did he come in 1666? No, but... It, he came to the Loftus Hall in 1770-something. Oh, okay. God, that's so But the, the Loftus family moved in. Okay. In 16, and then in 1666, across the way, the Great Fire. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That's where happened. the devil was then. He was in London. And then he hopped over to Ireland a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. On track. That was a fun detour. So... What's crazy is that the fire started close to the London Bridge. In fact, it started in the home of the King's Baker. As a result of the fire, 87 parish churches and about 13,000 houses were completely destroyed during the multi-day fire that swept across the city. Now there is a memorial simply called the Monument near the starting point of the fire. Could you imagine being the King's Baker and like no. they pinpointed this great fire on you? Like, oh, so sorry, I burned the muffins. <laughs> Miss Scusi, Miss Scusi. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine somebody was like out for the baker's job. They were like, I'm a better baker than you, so I'm going to go ahead and make it look like you did this like giant screw up. Was it the muffin man? The muffin, the muffin man! man. <laughs> Who lives under your lane? <laughs> it was ac- it was yes, actually man. It was actually on Pudding Pudding Lane is what it was called. Oh. I didn't write that down, but it was Pudding Lane. Wait, in real life it happened on Pudding Lane? The baker lived on Pudding Lane. Shut yeah. the hell up. That's not even I real. I will not. That is it so really cute. happened. <laughs> so, now over the course of the next 500 years, this pattern continued, and the cost of upkeep became way too much of a burden. It was then determined that the bridge would need to be replaced. Construction on the new London Bridge began in 1824 and was ultimately completed in 1831. The old London Bridge Wait, was... Wait, did you ahead. say 1834 and it was completed 1831? Construction on the new London Bridge began in 1824 and was ultimately completed in 1831. Yeah, My eight years later. Year Seven years later. Okay. The old London Bridge was okay, finally demolished. Okay, if I'm doing demolished. that basic math. Oh, I was, I was reading 1832. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, you're right. Seven years. I was reading 1832. The old London Bridge was finally demolished in 1832 after 622 years in service. So, they did pretty good there, they I did. would say. 622 years. There's nothing that old here in America. You are right. the weakest bridge. Goodbye. <laughs> It's like Darwinism for bridges. I get it. All right. So another really cool thing that I stumbled across was uh, the actual supposed origin of the famous nursery rhyme. So prior to my research, this was the only thing I'd ever heard about in regards to the London Bridge. I just assumed that it was a shoddily made and continually collapsed you know, I didn't know much about it. Yeah, why does this bridge keep falling down? Yeah. <laughs> so much so these kids make up a nursery rhyme. Like, yeah. So little did I know that its history covered such an expanse of time. What is interesting, though, is that there are several theories as to what the famous nursery rhyme and children's game is actually referring to. So this kind of goes off in a lot of different tangents, but I'll do my best to, to keep us on track. So the poem itself was first published as a nursery rhyme in 1850. However, the origin is believed to date back to medieval times or possibly even further back. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> what is really interesting, though, is that similar rhymes have been found all over Europe, including Germany, France, and Denmark. It wasn't even referenced in England until 1657 during a performance of the comedy play The London Chanticleers. And I had to look up the pronunciation of that because it was tricky. Something about that does sound really funny, though. Chanticleers. The Chanticleers. It actually, I looked it up, it means rooster. So. <laughs> the London rooster. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh my gosh, Chanticleer, that's from that movie with the rooster. Oh my gosh, what movie am I thinking of? Hang on. All right, the movie was Rockadoodle, Chanticleer the rooster. Okay, I just had to get that out there. Well, there you go. So I guess that uh, confirms my research. So That confirms it, 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 it yes. Confirms it that does, in it was fact, in rooster. So that's all the... <laughs> Fact-checking idea. He was an Elvis rooster. So yeah. uh, it was first referenced in the comedy play The London Chanticleers, and the first time in f- the full rhyme appeared in print was in 1744 when it made its debut in Tommy Thumb's Pretty Songbook. The lyrics... <laughs> The lyrics back then were also a bit different, and there wasn't actually an established tune to sing it in, but here it is in case you were curious. I'm just going to sing it in the tune because that's the only way that makes sense to me. It says, London Bridge is broken down, dance over my lady Lee. London Bridge is broken down with a gay lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know gay is happy, but... But what does that even mean? It's broken down with a happy lady? Yeah, it's broken that? down with a happy a happy chick. Yeah. She know. was happy, though. That's, Why'd you have to break down? Those are really interesting lyrics. So, and again, the timeline for this rhyme is murky at best. And as a result, there are several different theories as to how it came to be. One of the darker theories posits that the bridge was able to survive and have such longevity due to the fact that there were bodies encased in the moorings. Alice Bertha Gome is an author who has written about many games and their origins in the UK. Gome posits that the rhyme refers to the use of a medieval punishment known as immurement. And I had to look this up. This was weird. Immurement is when a person is encased into a room with no openings or exits and left there to die. Now, that's like wow. terrifying. It's like being buried alive, essentially. So, oh, yeah. Just to watch yourself starve to death and slowly go crazy in a dark hole. God, I feel like I'd go crazy within like seven minutes, too. I know. Actually, you've been in there for seven minutes. <laughs> I've already plucked out my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Writing on the walls in my feces or something. You pooped within seven minutes? And were, yes. Went that crazy? In my mind, it's been days. You have to establish a corner. So, <laughs> it's my pee corner. Uh, so... In my mind, there were no other lyrics to the song than the ones that we're all familiar with, but there are actually a ton of different verses. One of the verses that Gome points to as a potential evidence of the immurement lies in the second verse. Now, this sounds funny singing it in this cheery tune, but it was, Take a key and lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, take a key and lock her up. My fair lady. Oh my gosh. So I feel wrong singing it. I know, way, like something about that. You is sound like a so little too cheerful, Casey. That's the only tune I know how to sing. <laughs> God, I can't imagine being like taken and someone singing that tune to me. <laughs> God. So Gome believes that this is a nod to the practice and went so far as to say that the victims may have in fact been children. Immurement oh. was sometimes used as a punishment, but it has also been attributed to being a form of sacrifice. Gome claims 
claims that it is entirely possible that the people of the time may have thought that the bridge would be doomed if there weren't any sacrifices made during its construction. Fortunately, though, no evidence have, has ever been found supporting this theory. You know, it's really interesting, though, because I've already thought about some other bridges I'd like to do in future episodes, but how many times that people are so fearful of bridges collapsing that their sacrifices, or like we've talked about with Mexico, that in the Mayan belief of the fairies, and they had those little fairy boxes that they put under the bridge, because the bridge collapsed multiple times until they put a fairy box to appease the fairies. That's interesting. And so it's fascinating how there's so much, oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not theories, like conspiracies, I guess, that surround bridges. Yeah, fascinating. I'm looking forward to hearing some of those stories. I yeah, I thought about the Mexico, the Cancun Bridge to talk about because that's interesting. Well, you're yeah. kind of putting your faith in something that you're really not sure is going to hold you if you pass over it. So, yeah, yeah, putting like your every faith time, in Tinkerbell. Uh, what? She's talking about the fairies. Oh. <laughs> What? Why do you believe in Tinkerbell? What the hell are you talking about? She was real. I talked to her every night before bed. You don't see her? She's sitting here. You have to clap to bring them back to life. <sighs> or no, does that kill them? I don't remember. Murder. Oh, I think, it, the, I think it kills them. Yeah, clapping kills Tinkerbell. So thanks for that, Lainey. <laughs> thanks. For, it was great having you here. <laughs> so, Gome... There was no evidence, so maybe she was just kind of a wackadoo. I'm not sure. However, the most commonly accepted theory suggests that the rhyme itself is referring to a Viking attack led by Olaf Haraldson, long-lost descendant of Woody Haraldson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made that up. A but, completely different spelling. Yeah. Haraldson. Olaf Haraldson, way back. In the year 1014. Dang. Supposedly, it was during a raid of the British Isles, whereupon he pulled down the bridge. There has been no tangible evidence to actually support this. However, the tale itself began to inspire a series of Old Norse poems that date backs, dates back to approximately 1230, which contains a verse that can be translated to, and again, I just have to it. London Bridge is broken down. Gold is won and bright renown. So that started showing up in 1230. That's considered to be one of the most uh, common accepted theories. Well, that one's not bad. Or, I didn't, you know, kill people or kidnap children or women. I think it's funny that the bridge was just pulled down. Like By it makes one me man. Th- it makes me think it was a really shitty bridge. Yeah, <laughs> Olaf was really strong. He just kicked out one one post <laughs> and the whole thing. Like my Lincoln log bridges that I used to make. Yeah. Uh, another theory simply states that the rhyme itself is simply referring to all the aforementioned fires and collapses that took place on the bridge. The London Bridge never actually fully collapsed or fell down, as the poem implies, and it stayed in commission for like 600 years. So, one it's other. Pretty respectable. Yeah. I mean, two bridges that lasted over 600 years is pretty good. So, oh, you have almost no bridges here in Texas that are going into the triple digits. I hope not. I don't want to cross that bridge. So, one other element that people like to theorize about is the fair lady that the rhyme references multiple times. Some believe that the fair lady is in fact a reference to the Virgin Mary. This stems from the period where there were Viking attacks taking place, and in fact, they managed to burn the London Bridge down. Unfortunately for them, they were unable to sack the city. Sack the city? Like teabag them. What? 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you saying about right now? They, Where is this they, going? They weren't able to capture the city. Teabag them? She goes, sack the city? And I said, yeah, like teabag them. <laughs> so. Oh, God. 
The citizens attributed this to the fact that they were being protected by the Virgin Mary as the attack took place on September 8th, which is a common day for people to celebrate her birthday. So they felt like the Virgin Mary protected them from these Vikings. Okay, so this is like the fairies of the Cancun Bridge. Yeah. Interesting. So that's one theory. I want to get teabagged for my birthday. Okay, I'm not going to forget you said that. Dear God, you need Jesus, lady. <laughs> is this where you're going to be when the Lord comes back? Yeah. <laughs> so another theory about the fair lady being referenced is the thought that they're actually royal consorts, which is just a fancy way of saying spouse of the king. So several women make the list as potential candidates, including King Henry III. In fact, no, not her. Dang it. What? I put his name, but not her. I think her name was Eleanor. I think I forgot to write her name, but it was Eleanor, who was the spouse of King Henry III, and she was in charge of all the London Bridge revenue during the time. So she was in charge of all the money that was being brought in. That's that's interesting. Yeah, like a woman being in charge of that? Mm Mm-hmm. So it was pretty common practice, evidently. So um, some people believe that she's the fair lady because she was the one... Oh, I was right. Eleanor of Provence. So because she handled all the, the money... People believe that maybe she was the fair lady. Another that would make more sense to me. Yeah, that's. I, I don't think we'd call Virgin Mary like my fair lady. Also, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's who they were talking about. I wasn't picking up those vibes when you said it. Well, I don't know who they wanted to lock up either. So yeah. Well, who hasn't wanted to lock up a queen? All I mean, day. Someone, all day or day. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> does. I'm just saying, somebody does. Every leader has enemies. That's true. Another possibility was Matilda of Scotland who was a consort for King Henry I, and during her time, she commissioned a few different bridges in the early part of the 12th century. Uh, So she was responsible for having multiple bridges built in and around London. Look at these ladies go. So. Heck yeah. Yeah, when I read consort, I thought that meant, like, whore, but it actually meant spouse. Oh my gosh. So. I think because you're thinking escort? No, like consort. I don't know. You think of, like, a consortium that's like a seedy underbelly i don't know no i don't well i do well you said like you think of like i do i don't think of that actually when you said consort i thought contortionist for a second maybe she was a contortionist too maybe so the last name and it wasn't really an individual uh the last name that came up as a possibility was the lay family of stonelay park in warwickshire that's a that's a cool name the lay family i can't even say it all the Lay family of Stonelay Park in Warwickshire. Stonelay Park in Warwickshire. Ooh, Dionne Warwick. <laughs> the moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup. You think her name is Dionne Warwickshire? She's from Warwickshire, probably. Huh. She's of the Warwickshires. So this family dated back to the 17th century in England and claims that one of their own was entombed under the London Bridge as an alleged human immurement sacrifice. Even still, there is zero definitive proof that any of these people are actually the one referred to as my fair lady. So, with the nursery rhyme, essentially nobody nobody knows anything. It's a lot of speculation, but of course it's probably one of the most popular nursery rhymes in circulation to this day. I could also imagine, like, my fair lady is, like, if you're serenading somebody with this song, like, if I'm singing it to Lainey, you know, my fair lady, like, I'm just telling her, you know, London Bridge is falling down, 
My fair lady, like I'm just letting you know. Well, what about the take the key and lock her up, lock her up, lock her up? Don't lock that Take the key and lock her up, my fair lady. But that wasn't always a part of the nursery rhyme that like was added in. That was like back from 1750. Yeah, well, who don't want to lock up someone at the time? Like maybe some husband was singing it and he's like, lock her up, lock her up. Like he was just really pissed at his wife. There's actually, I was reading, I didn't write them all down, but there were like 20 or so verses, all with different different lyrics. Oh, that's and, a shame. I want to hear the whole thing. Well, pause it and we'll, uh, I'll find them. All right. So we found the verses. Casey and I are each going to take one and sing it to Lainey. So you can go first. <clears throat> London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. London Bridge is falling down, my fair lady. Ooh. London Bridge is broken down, broken down, <laughs> broken down. London Bridge is broken down, my fair lady. Build it up with wood and clay, wood and clay, wood and clay. Build it up with wood and clay, my fair lady. I like that one. Wood and clay will wash away, wash away, <laughs> wash away. Wood and clay will wash away, my fair lady. Bye. Build it up with bricks and mortar, bricks and mortar, bricks and mortar. Build it up with bricks and mortar, my fair lady. It's the next Brick. one about the internet. <laughs> this is so typical of like husband and wife, and I'm going to tell you how this isn't going to work. Bricks and mortar will not stay, will not stay, will not stay. Bricks and mortar will not stay, my my fair lady. Build it up with iron and steel, iron and steel, iron and steel. Build it up with iron and steel, my fair lady. Iron and steel will bend and bow, bend and bow, bend and bow. Iron and steel will bend and bow, my fair lady. Build it up with silver and gold, silver and gold, silver and gold. Build it up with silver and gold, my fair lady. Silver and gold will be stolen away, (laughs) stolen away, stolen away. Silver and gold will be stolen away, my fair lady. This is like an argument. I know. <laughs> Said a man to watch all night, watch all night, watch all night. Said a man to watch all night, my fair lady. Suppose the man should fall asleep, <laughs> fall asleep, fall asleep. Suppose the man should fall asleep, my fair lady. I feel oh. like I'm a student learning about Republicans and Democrats. This is <laughs> yes. this is the best solution. Give him a pipe to smoke all night, smoke all night, smoke all night. Give him a pipe to smoke all night, my fair lady. And that's the end of the poem. Wait, go down? Is that really? That's it. Oh, that is that's it. That's the end. Uh, okay, so that is the solution. Give him a pipe to smoke all night. Okay, we're good now. <laughs> Everyone's so chill, man. So we're going to make it with silver and gold, and it's not going to be stolen because the watchman will be smoking all night. So, and again, that's just one interpretation of it. There is a whole version that's much darker, like the one about locking the lady up. But yeah, overall, it's it's a really cool, you could really dive into the weeds and learn a lot about all the supposed origin stories of that nursery rhyme. I really think all married couples should rhyme in their arguments because I really think it would just make it way more entertaining and a lot more civil. I agree. I think that would be great. So everyone needs to rhyme their arguments from here on out. What if we decide to scream and shout? Scream and shout, <laughs> scream and shout. What I just if rhymed, we decide to scream and scre- shout, my fair husband? I just rhymed with you. You even notice. Sorry. So uh, the next interesting tidbit that I thought was really cool and noteworthy was the time a bridge from London Fell was down. sold, <laughs> sold to an American. And... Uh, Brought to Arizona. So, 
this was a really weird, weird story, and it was just something I had never heard of. And I'm actually kind of surprised I've never heard that the London Bridge is in America. So, by 1960, city officials realized that the London Bridge in its current state was not going to be adequate to continue to operate and repair. It just was becoming too costly. I wonder if at that point they let people continue to use it. They were like, well, we need to wait for a new bridge. So, like, we're going to let everyone use that, even though it's not structurally sound Proceed anymore. Proceed at your own risk. <laughs> exactly. Wait, which one was it? Which one? Ah! Oh. <laughs> that, was, that was probably, like, every day stones were falling on people. So, But because it was already sinking and not able to support the growing weight of modern traffic, the fate of the bridge seemed like it was destined for demolition. However, from out of left field came city council member Ivan Luckin. This nut job convinced his colleagues. <laughs> yeah. This nut job convinced his colleagues that he could sell the bridge to someone in the United States. And sure enough, in nineteen sixty eight he went across the pond to begin marketing it to prospective buyers. Oh my gosh. So he was like, I'll find a sucker American to buy this. That's precisely what happened. They, they should teach this in real estate school. How well, to, I, how it's to not sell even a bridge. <laughs> I don't know, because it's a challenge. It'd be a good... Yeah, you wouldn't be able to sell a bridge unless it came with the land, because it's not considered real property. Oh. So that's where you would just sell it on, you know, you could auction it, whatever. But if it's not really coming with land, I can't sell it. There's some Texas real estate facts for you. Thank there, you. There you go. So... Even though the Londoners of the time considered the current bridge to be dull and boring compared to its predecessors, after arriving in America, Luckin promoted it as a timeless landmark. London Bridge is not just a bridge, he said. It is the heir to 2,000 years of history going back to the first century AD, to the time of the Roman Londinium. Yet you didn't want it yourself. <laughs> yeah. You didn't want to put it in your own museum or something? Well, the dude sounded like a pretty good salesman to me. I know, but you're coming to Arizona to sell it to an American, and you're selling it as like, this is an important part of history, but it's like your history, and you don't even want it. Yeah, good point. I'm just, that would be my point if somebody, I'd be like, you're right. That is an amazing piece of history. I don't understand why you're here thousands of miles away selling it to me then. <laughs> well, sure enough, someone bit. His name was Robert McCulloch and he had made his money from several companies that included oil, motors, and chainsaws. So okay. <laughs> he was a constant entrepreneur. McCulloch was known for his over-the-top business pursuits, and years prior, he had purchased thousands of acres at Lake Havasu in Arizona. Now, there's not many lakes in Arizona, but this was a lake that was created after damming the Colorado River. So it was a it was a man-made lake in Arizona. Yeah, a lot of them have man-made lakes when they have no business with that because they're already running out of water, but whatever. What year are we in again? 1968. Oh, the beginning okay. of 1968. Um, so his goal was to turn this area, Lake Havasu, into this desert oasis and tourist attraction. So he thought to himself, what would attract people? The answer... By a bridge. He was on record saying... People do love bridges. <laughs> he was on record saying, I had this ridiculous idea of bringing it to the Arizona desert. And he later joked to the Chicago Tribune magazine, I needed the bridge, but even if I didn't, I might have bought it anyway. Negotiations happened quickly in the spring of 1968. And by April, 
McCulloch had purchased the bridge for $2,460,000. You think that includes shipping all the way to America? Funny you should ask. So (laughs) he came up with this very obscure number by asking London how much it would cost to dismantle the bridge, and they came up with the figure of $1,200,000. So he doubled it. He offered them double that amount. And then he offered them $60,000 additional, $1,000 for every year of his life. So it came up with this really bizarre price tag of $2,460,000. So that set in motion the painstaking task of getting the bridge to the desert in Arizona. According to History.com, workers began by labeling each of its granite bricks with markers that indicated their arch span, row number, and position. The bridge was then disassembled, packed away in crates, and shipped to Long Beach, California via the Panama Canal. Hmm. This is a crazy trip. It is. Also sounds like you just bought it on Wayfair. Like, here are the parts numbers. Here's the order they came in. Did it come with a... Instruction manual, too? Uh, I doubt it. I sincerely doubt it. From there, a small army of trucks carried it across the desert to its new home at Lake Havasu. So to ensure the bridge could handle modern traffic, construction crews built a hollow core of steel-reinforced concrete, which was then covered with 10,000 tons of the original 19th century granite. The bridge is still intact to this day, and all told it has survived 180-plus years on two continents, and is jokingly referred to as the world's largest antique. (laughs) So, Lake Havasu City, remarkably, was a huge success for Robert McCullough, and uh, it was actually his crowning achievement as as an entrepreneur. Wow. So it ends up, it's still still functioning to this day. They have about 50,000 permanent residents, and it still operates as a very, very lucrative tourist attraction in the middle of Arizona. I'm just going to have to correct you on that. It's tourist. It's what I say. You always say tourist. Tourist. That's one of our many, like, 20-year arguments that you say tourist. Well, I'm more of a language purist. Okay, well, you don't go tour a factory, you tour it. I just rhymed with you, and you didn't even notice. I didn't notice, I'm sorry. Jesus Christmas. All right, so, Robert McCullough eventually died in 1977, but he was well-known for all of his over-the-top business ideas. One of the funniest ones I found, he tried to develop flying air vehicles for people to commute in, and he called them gyroplanes. Oh. So they were like helicopter cars. That's funny. It didn't work. In case you I were, figured. In case you were wondering. It's very Inspector Gadget, my helicopter car. We don't have gyroplanes. I imagine just like Inspector Gadget's gadgets would, you know, like the, the helicopter piece comes out. Yeah. And then it would like suck back in once it starts landing. Yeah, that sounds... And then it'd be like the Mario safe. Kart kite for a second that holds it as oh, it lands. Yeah. I think you have a great idea. You Thank you. You should pursue that. T- TM. <laughs> Patent pending. So, uh, after the sale of the bridge to Robert McCullough... What is known as the Modern London Bridge was constructed and is still in use to this day. And holy crap, there's a lot of history to unpack, and I really feel like there is still a lot more to discover. So, ultimately, there hasn't been a lot of crazy stuff happening on the London Bridge, this new modern bridge that Queen Elizabeth II opened up in 1973. One thing, it's probably not funny, but I laughed when I read it, was uh, in 1984, the HMS Jupiter collided with the bridge. What? Like a boat just hit the bridge. Oh, wow. So it did extensive damage to the bridge and damaged the boat. How Uh, tall is the boat and how low is the bridge? I don't know, but 
I thought it was funny. I probably shouldn't have laughed when I read it. Someone drinking behind the boat wheel? God, that's why they put, I mean, I wonder if it's like a highway like they have here where we put like 16 feet and somebody was just like, dunk. It's funny you mentioned that. I just saw a uh, a video of a drunk Amish guy in a cart and horses. Oh. <laughs> and two cops were trying to pull him over. And he was he was passed out in the front of his carriage. Do they, they have lights on it? I think so. I feel like I've seen that. And video. they were just like, the horse will get him home. The horse knows where to go. So <laughs> That's so funny. They just let the Amish do whatever the hell they want. Okay. The bridge is. See, this is confusing because if you just go to Britannica, oh, because that's Tower Bridge. Never mind. And that's different. Yes, that is different. Okay, never mind. That wanted to give me the wrong information. Okay, Hank, just keep talking. I'll interrupt you. So, um, so yeah, the collision in 1984. uh, Another notable event that happened was back in 2017. Um, There was a terrorist attack on the bridge, whereupon. A van drove into pedestrians, running some people over, uh, killed three people in the van, and then the assailants got out and started stabbing people all over a nearby market. Um, So all told, eight people died and 48 were injured. Um, And so as a result, they now have um, like little guardrails to keep pedestrians and traffic separated, which is surprising that it wasn't already like that to begin with. Yeah. But, well, that's that's interesting. So that is essentially what I was able to dig up on the London Bridge, and uh, I was really fascinated by. Same here. Never thought to look it up. Just thought of it as an old bridge. But uh, I really appreciate you digging up all that information. That was really interesting. That was lovely, Casey. Thank you for that story. Well, thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And catch us at haunted.real.estate on the Instagram and email us your interesting real estate story or ideas for future episodes at hauntedrepod at gmail.com and thanks for listening and don't forget we are now on Patreon so if you'd like to be a patron and help support Haunted Real Estate Podcast you can go to patreon.com slash hauntedre thank you so much Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.